So I want to speak this morning about hope, um, hope in particular in Lent. That today, this second Sunday of Lent, is one of my favourite moments in the liturgical year. I feel that it somehow sums up so much of the Christian life, at least as we live it in this world. It's often said that we pass through this world as a veil of tears, and yet we're given in this veil of tears reasons to hope. And the transfiguration, as we heard in that gospel text, is perhaps the clearest manifestation of that vision of hope in the midst of our travails. So, hope. Now let me first note that hope is something pretty much absent from our culture today, and even more absent from your generation. That thinking historically, my parents' generation, the children of the 1960s, they had hope. Um, it was a kind of 1960s hippie hope. You know, they sang around in circles on the grass with their guitars, smoking their weed, and singing about a happier future. Um, and even in their science fiction, when they envisaged the future, it was a better place. The problem with their hope is that it was poorly grounded, that it was rooted in hedonism and selfishness and throwing away discipline, throwing away the cross. And it hasn't built a better world, it's built your world. And today, the dominant image in science fiction, when we envisage the future, is dystopian. We think of the future and we fear. So what we need is hope. So I want to make two points in this sermon. What it is that we are hoping in and why it is that we have reason for hope. And the transfiguration kind of pulls all that together, that the transfiguration with a promise of the resurrection and the awareness that it passes through the cross, that all of that kind of synthesizes our Christian message of hope. So I want to unpack that this morning. So I said two points. The first point, the reason, the basis for our hope. And I would say the basis for our hope above all is that God is active in our world. Now, the transfiguration, it happened at a pivotal moment in this context, that the Lord Jesus had just predicted his death. And more than that, as Mark's gospel lays out in the passage just before what was read to us this morning, he says, if you would be my disciple, you know, not just am I going to die on the cross, but you must take up your cross. And it's precisely in that context that there on the mountaintop, he manifests his glory, manifests a vision of what can be, so that they will have this promise that God 
is active even through the cross. The Lord on the cross and they're carrying the cross. And if he's active there on the cross, if he's active in what the Catechism says is the greatest evil in human history, killing God, if he's active there, then the Catechism says we have the ultimate promise that he is active in everything. And surely that's at least half of the message of the Scriptures. That the Scriptures, you know, they record the deeds of God. They record how time and again, when we might think that God isn't active, time and again when we might fear that he's absent, that actually he's there, he's doing stuff. Slavery in Egypt or the Exodus? Exile in Babylon or he was purifying his people and preparing to lead them home? That the scriptures show us that in both the big picture and in every little detail, he's active. And this is the reason, the promise for us to have hope. And the transfiguration is this kind of pivotal moment, pivotal manifestation reason for us to have hope. So that's my first point. My second point. So he's active, but what is he doing? He's active, but doing what? Well, he's remaking that the transfiguration, what does it show us? It shows us a vision of man remade, looking glorious, looking, as Mark puts it, whiter than any earthly bleacher can make him, making him anew. And particularly in Lent, it's important to remember that this isn't just an image of heaven but of a transformation that begins here and now. That we are, what is man? He is a being capable of being remade, even now. We call to repentance because a man can change even now. We point to a new way of life because we can become new even here. And in Lent, our penances, our prayers, our almsgiving, all of this activity is about remaking me. That the new Adam who was shown forth in Christ at the, at the Transfiguration, that he can be remade in me now in my Lenten works. So let me draw that to a focus, a conclusion. What does all this hope have to do with my Lent? 
Well, Lent, you know, we're already in the second Sunday of of Lent. And it's more than possible to already be feeling Lent is hard. The discipline, the hard work, the struggle of our penance. Well, the transfiguration is given to us by the church at this moment in Lent to give us a vision to keep us going. That even this failed flesh that I carry as my body can be transfigured to be like his. And this vision also helps us because because Lent can be Pelagian. You know, Pelagianism is the that old heresy of thinking we can do it all by our own power. That in practice it means really not thinking about grace. That I just focus on me and my willpower and I'm going to do this. It's all about pride. Pelagius was an Englishman. Um, It is a very English heresy. We think we are wonderful and we're going to do this by our power. I would suggest to you it's also something we have bequeathed to you as Americans, um, that, that strength, that willpower, that go get it. Um, the vision of the transfiguration in our Lenten penance reminds us that it's about him, that it's not just about my willpower, my discipline, my dieting, my whatever. It's about him. So as I struggle, I must look to him. As I resolve, I must look to him. That I'm not just doing it, aiming to be like him, but with him and in him. So in summary, my two points. First, God is active in this world, just as he was active through the cross, leading to that glorification. And second, God has a goal, the remaking of man, the remaking of you. So even though Lent is long and Lent is hard, and it's a kind of sacrament of this whole veil of tears that we live in, a sign of this, but that's also causing bringing about a reality beyond, a share in the glorification of Christ, manifested at the transfiguration, achieved at the resurrection, and it can be ours through our participation in that.